Episode 114 of the Reds Unrestricted Podcast. I'm your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined by James Martin to discuss Liverpool's 2-0 Merseyside derby victory over Everton. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So finally, something to savour on the podcast. Liverpool winning 2-0 against their local rivals Everton in the Merseyside derby. The scoring was opened by Mohamed Salah at the end of a lightning counter-attack, which had just seen Everton hit the post at the other end. And then early in the second half, Cody Gakpo with his first goal for the club makes it 2-0. And Liverpool able to see it out for the clean sheet and the first Premier League victory of 2023 at last, which only lifts them up to ninth in the table, but certainly makes everything look a little bit rosier. Um, and finally brings us some positivity for the podcast. So, I'm joined by James, like I said, at the, the top of the podcast from liverpool.com. Uh, thanks very much for coming on, James. We will start in our usual fashion with our three-word match review. So if you could, if you give me what you've got for that, and also just your assessments of Liverpool's general performance yesterday. Yeah, I mean, for me, there was only one place to uh, to go with the three-word summary. Yeah, thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, that'll be by Setic, real deal. I mean, it was, it was a proper coming-of-age performance, wasn't it? I mean, it... It's hard to call it that in a way because he's already looked so good in the last in the last four or five. But to be thrown in in the derby and you know he kept his place even with with Fabinho and Henderson coming back and you know he was the best of the three and and that's despite Fabinho and Henderson looking a lot closer to their to their best as well. But yeah, this teenage kid was just running the show. He was snapping into tackles. He was making interceptions. He looked better on the ball than we've seen him before. It was a new position for him, sort of a number eight role. Um, and yeah, he, he excelled. Given that he was a centre back not so long ago with, with the youth teams, and then he's just been been told to have a go at number eight in, in like you say, such a significant fixture. Not just because it's the derby, but because of the situation in the league. Well, this really needed to be a win just for everyone's sakes, uh, and it was, and it, it was, it was largely down to him. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And we'll talk a little bit more about Bayesetich in a second because he was, uh, by all accounts, the man of the match last night, but. In terms of my review, I've gone with victory to savor, kind of picking up on on what I said uh, in the opening of the podcast. I spoke last week about how I kind of put my expectations to one side in light of what was happening this season, and was just kind of looking for the the games where you could take those kind of really satisfying victories and those and those moments that kind of remind you why why you actually know football. Um, which this season has obviously been very difficult um, and yeah this was kind of the, one of the games that you earmarked um, for that and I thought it was a I don't, I don't think it was a vintage Liverpool display by any means I think you know I've seen a lot of people saying Liverpool are back to their best I think this was a a different version of Liverpool than that I think it, it was more about certainly in the first half it was more about the, the the fight and the intensity and those kind of intangibles that we've been missing um, I think there wasn't really a moment of quality from Liverpool until Nunez plays the 1-2 with Salah and then plays the ball into his path in the box um, and obviously we get the goal from that and then although the second half performance was really good it, it was much closer but I think yeah it, it was for me just about kind of the, the catharsis of it and I think the, the fist pumps from from Klopp at the end kind of summed that up I mean we all we all needed that one really um, but to return to Bicetich like I said um, you, you kind of touched on it there, James. He's obviously come into the team as a number six. Fabinho starts here. Obviously, no Thiago out for a month. 
Um, how, how did you think he, he fared in that um, more advanced role in the midfield? And I mean, we've got limited evidence, but do you think there's a possibility that it might suit him better? I mean, all things considered, I think he did exceptionally well. I mean, like, like we say, there was consensus that he was man of the match. I think if we're being completely honest, there were moments where you could tell he hadn't played number eight before, even though he was so good. There were you know moments where he maybe carried the ball forward, had a few options and wasn't quite sure which one to pick out. But, you know, you can't criticise him for that. That's, that comes with time. Um, like I say, he was a centre-back not that long ago. So, you know... It, Joel Matip is also a centre-back. He has a knack for picking the right passes, but it, it's a specific skill set and it, it can only come with with practice, really. So, yeah, it, it, like you say, it's very early to say whether it'll suit him better than the number six. And I do think some of his best contributions here were still those kind of snapping into tackles. I think he won two tackles, maybe maybe a couple of interceptions as well. So a lot of his best work was still that that defensive work. But then, you know, especially in the Liverpool system, you do need that defensive work from the number eights as well. So, yeah, I mean, if he can be moulded into this sort of player who has the sort of requisite offensive qualities to, to make a difference going forward from that role, while also providing a bit more of that stability, then then yeah, it's a win-win, really. Um, but equally, he's been our best player, Salah said after the game, he's been our best player in the last few matches, um, and that's been from the number six role. So, you know... And particularly if the if the recruitment drive in summer does focus on number eights, you look at the big names who have been linked that they do tend to be number eights, that then maybe by Setic's long term future is is back at the number six as the sort of Fabinho successor. But yeah, it's nice to know that the options there. Yeah, that interview with uh, with Salah was was brilliant. I think the the way sort of his face lit up and, and the way you could tell how much it meant to him. He said Salah was one of the best overall players ever, and to receive that kind of compliment from him. Um, was certainly a joyful, a joyful moment, and I think you know, I, I with Bicetic and, and the whole position thing, and the transfer market really in general, you're looking at a player who you hope can save you a lot of money within that, and you know if he does settle down as a number, it doesn't necessarily have that effect, I don't think, because then you still need to kind of address maybe the Fabinho situation that we've seen this season. So, I think in an ideal world, you kind of does kind of become that specialist number six and can be sort of competing with or even starting ahead of Fabinho um, as we move forward um, whilst still being able to play the number eight because then you've got the other versatility too. So I think that'd be how I'd I'd prefer it to pan out. I think in terms of his performance last night, for me, you look at kind of young players when they break through and you want kind of these... um, these kind of seminal moments, you know, the, the milestones in their career, the the games where you think that they are special. And I think we saw quite a few of those with Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, I think back to his free kick against Hoffenheim in the Champions League qualifier. And probably more so within that kind of first breakthrough season, his performance against Leroy Sane, against um, Manchester City in the Champions League quarterfinals. And, and, you know, we're not talking about the same calibre of opposition here, but we're talking about a fixture that, that does mean a lot. And for Bicestic to produce a man-of-the-match display, I think is is absolutely huge. And if the excitement around him was you know, already quite high, I think it'd be, it's also going to overdrive in light of that. And it's important to still kind of keep a lid uh, on expectations for now. But yeah, it is, it is really difficult to... It's um, really difficult not to be very excited about this player because it looks like we've kind of got our next um, academy... Um, breakthrough and hopefully can kind of sustain the trajectory that he's on. Another player who 
was one of the stars of last night was Cody Gakpo. Like I say, he scored his first Liverpool goal. Um, how timely is that, James? Because we've seen Firmino and Jota and another kind of overlooked positive from last night return to the team as substitutes. Has he done enough now to, to keep his place in the side after maybe some more difficult games in the early part of his Liverpool career? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I suppose you could say it's not particularly timely. You'd rather the goals have been coming when, when there was no Jota and Firmino waiting in the wings. But, you know, it's it's a horrible situation to come into. Um, Liverpool weren't performing well and there didn't seem to be any particularly clear idea where Gakpo would even be playing. We assumed he'd come in and play on the left wing with, with Jota out, with Diaz out and with Nunes back. But that hasn't been the case. Um I thought it was very brave of Klopp to sort of persist with that. I mean, there was lots of rotation within the game, but, you know, essentially it was Gakpo through the middle again, Nunes out wide. It would have been easy to switch that in light of results going badly, in light of that being, you know, an obvious change to make. But ultimately Nunes was kind of terrorising Everton, Seamus Coleman. I mean, it wasn't Coleman for the opening goal. I think it was Idrissa Gay who was tracking back over on that side. But that sort of burning pace down the wing was was a real weapon. And then, of course, Gakbo, like you say, pops up with, with the goal, just almost a poacher's goal, really, in the right place to to knock it in from close range. So that worked very nicely. And, yeah, in one sense, it definitely is timely because you could tell that he needed it. Uh, he, he's even talked about that in, in interviews. He's been very open that, you know, he's an attacker. Of course, he wants goals and assists, and it, it bothers him when he doesn't get them. And I think you could almost see that weight being lifted. I mean, he, he was good before the goal as well, but I felt we saw more of an expressive player after that goal. We saw him maybe take on players a little bit more. We saw a bit more of the player we'd sort of got excited about on the PSV highlights reels. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it can only be good for him and competition can only be good for the team. So much as it gives Klopp a bit of a bit of a dilemma going forward, it's a nice dilemma to have. Yeah, I'm still not sure what I kind of think of the whole, you know, Gakpo through the middle and Nunez out wide. It just does feel like players being played away from their kind of specialist roles. But I am intrigued to see how Gakpo develops in that side of the game. I mean, he spoke in, in his interview with Sky yesterday about, you know, dropping in um, and being that link player. And it seems like Klopp really has identified him as the player he wants to be, the, the Firmino successor in a, in a stylistic sense. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he evolves and whether he can kind of be aware of the air. Um, so Firmino has obviously been kind of um, one of the leaders uh, in that field, if you like, really, with that false nine role. But those moments, I think, where, where he, and he did it against Brighton as well, where he, where he picks up the ball and he's able to drive forward, um, are really encouraging in terms of, I don't even know if it comes down to pace, to power, to close control, but it shows that, you know, he has got that. Um, aside to his game as well, then I think even though he hasn't been able to, to you know, to to score before before last night, there have been some positive performances from him, uh, and now to kind of get a goal to cap that off, hopefully we see um, a sustained run now of of goal involvement because, like you say, that is what he what he certainly values and what Liverpool need from him, um, and I, and I do think he, he's done enough now to uh, hold on to his place until until such a point where, you know, he, he maybe has a couple of, of poor games and then somebody else can come in or, or or when rotation allows. So that is, like you say, the dynamic you want in the squad and hopefully it lasts because, you know, the injury problems have been so um, extensive this season that you just want to be able to to feel the benefits of your depth um, for a while at least. And yeah, certainly, if, if I've got a chosen, uh, you know, 
some players to score last night. I think Gakpo would have been probably at the top of the list um, for, the, for for those reasons. Um, but let's talk about some of the players uh, who stood out. Who, who would be kind of your honourable mentions, James? Um, I think I think Nunes. I touched upon him. I, I I flag him up. I thought he was he was very good. Like we say in that position, which neither of us are quite sure on yet. I, I think I do still slightly prefer him through the middle, but. You know, every, every performance like that makes you maybe reevaluate, makes you think, OK, maybe Klopp knows what he's doing here because he did look very lively. He, of course, got the assist from that wide position and he, he looked dangerous cutting inside as well. There was that one which he curled just wide of the post and then I think one or two fairly tame efforts, but on target at least. So, yeah, he, he's maintaining his threat wherever wherever he plays across the front line, which I suppose is the main thing. Uh, Klopp's always like the versatile forward. So, yeah, I think he did well. Salah we need to talk about as well. I think he was another level, really, certainly compared to where we've seen him recently. I think as well, what was sort of underrated was that he was actually getting free kicks, which, you know, is, is so rare. It was the first half alone he got four, which is more than he's got in any game since joining Liverpool in the Premier League. That was a, a nice uh, snippet from Andrew Beasley, I think, on Twitter. Um, I not sure if you picked up any more free kicks in the second half or not. I can't remember any. But, yeah, I mean, he should be getting that number sort of every game. Defenders are all over him. And and when it's properly penalised, it it helps because defenders have to stop getting so tight to him. They have to try and defend him properly instead of just fouling him all game. And with that extra half a yard of space, he, he can do excellent things. I, I, I thought he was, he was really good, obviously, for the goal as well. He was keeping up with Nunes, which is an achievement in itself, and then Pickford made the finish easier than it might have been. Um, but, but yeah, I thought he was very good with his all-round game, not just the goal. Um, I, sp- I suppose we should probably mention Henderson and Fabinho just briefly. Um, I, you know, Fabinho was still half a yard off the pace in moments. He committed a couple of fouls by Setic, I think, got through the whole game without committing a foul. Um, so I suppose there was a bit of a contrast there, but but equally it was you know levels above where he's been in, in recent performances. It's poles apart from from the horror show at, at Brighton when he came on in the last ten minutes or so. Um, so yeah, credit to both of them. Henderson, I think Klopp called him a, a one man pressing machine or something after the game. He's he certainly put in the hard yards. Uh, so yeah, good from them. I, I I think I think probably probably those are the ones I'd pick out. I suppose Robertson for his moment with Pickford has to be mentioned at the end. Um, yeah, that was that was sort of the thing that summed it up for me. It's like this is a step towards the Liverpool we we know and love. With when Robertson is uh, you know taking the Mickey out of Pickford, uh, laughing his head off at two 0 up in the derby, it just yeah, it felt it felt right. Um, and he played very well as well, as did Trent on the other side. It, it, it's hard to pick people out. I'm just going through the whole team at this point because I think it was so much improved from everyone. But um, yeah, those are probably the standouts. Yeah, but I I was gonna make a point along similar lines. I think in terms of you know, there's certain games where there maybe isn't, maybe by setting aside, but there maybe isn't a player who's kind of nine out of 10, but you get kind of like seven, eight out of 10 across the board. And, and like in those scenarios, it's like you can kind of um, just recognize what kind of each player brought to the table to produce what was collectively a really strong performance. And and yeah, that, that Robertson moment was like, um, was kind of the Merseyside derby comedy that you really want. I mean, we always get, we always get something. Um, in those games of B17, you know, you think back to last year when when Allison, you know, dived on the ball and things like that. You know, it's it's those moments where you just feel like, regardless of um, the adversity that Liverpool might face, to they will always kind of be able to to trump Everton. And um, yeah, I think just just generally with Robertson, it's like 
he had the air for me from the very start of the game of just desperation, but in a, in a good way, you know, not in terms of allowing things to get out of control. You know, I, I, I tweeted that I don't think there was any player who wanted who wanted those three points more on that on that pitch than, than Robertson yesterday. And that moment in the lead up to the second goal where he just drives past those players, I, you know, I was stunned. You know, I know Robertson's quick, but it's been a while since we've seen that kind of burst of pace from him. Um, and there were almost moments where he looked like he did in that 4-3 win over over City in 17-18, um, in just in terms of, you know, being so energised and just absolutely relentless. And it was one of his best um, best moments of the season, that, that run, even if it didn't directly lead to an assist for him. And um, in terms of other players, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple there, Nunez, really good performance from him. I mean, it's important to have a striker who can contribute all round, as much as you want him to be kind of that out and out number nine goal scorer, the reality is he is going to need to contribute when he can't score goals as well. I think Nunez is showing that he can do that, which is obviously really important. Salah, too, you know, we, we've got to kind of give him his credit. You know, we've obviously talked about him a lot in terms of what's going wrong, but to have 18 goals still in, in mid February, you know, this could still easily be um, touching a 30 goal season for Salah, and, and in the circumstances that would be. That would be a huge achievement for him. Um, so I think that kind of puts everything in perspective. I mean, other players, you know, Trent's obviously getting an assist. I thought it was telling that that Sky put up a graphic at the start of the game saying one assist in his last 25 um, Premier League games or something like that. And it, you just think to yourself, as much as we know Trent has has been out of form, it, that, that graphic almost shows in itself how, how he's changed the um, the standards for, for full-backs. Um, because... In the past, you know, that might have been the rate at which, you know, good mm-hmm. fullbacks were getting assists and and now it's expected to be a lot more. But yeah, obviously the um the cross that caused confusion put it on the plate for Gakpo as well. So that was great to see. I thought Gomez had a good game. I mean, I won't get too carried away with that because it feels like, you know, every time he plays really well, we get a bit excited and then he has a, a game where it's two steps back. But um he's been inconsistent this season, but you know, credit where it's due for yesterday. I thought he was very, very solid. Um Especially, you know, given that Everton almost targeted him with their style of play. You know, we know Gomez is probably the weakest of our defenders when it comes to aerial duels. Um, but I think he kind of held his own in the physical sense as well. So so those would be probably uh, the players that I'd pick out from last night. And, and and just to add on Gomez, I think he's probably done enough, you know, with Canate still being out a little bit longer, probably. And he's probably done enough to, to keep his place ahead of Matip um, with Van Dijk now, now back on the bench, which is, again... Another thing we should probably mention from last night that we had Van Dijk waiting in the wings. I mean, his only involvement in the game was was running down the touchline for that um, obligatory Merseyside derby scuffle. But um, yeah, it was good to see, good to see him back nonetheless. But just to um, to wrap things up, then James, obviously, there's a lot of talk about this potentially being a turning point for Liverpool, given that you know it's it's a victory over over your local rivals. It's one that that means a lot, and the performance was really good too. I mean, do we have to approach that with a degree of scepticism, given that it is only one game, and, and given that we have seen previously in the season games which have looked like they could, you know, ignite Liverpool, and then it's almost been back to square one within a couple of weeks. I mean, yes and no. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say scepticism because I mean, Klopp was was clear after the game, wasn't he, that he he genuinely thinks the Anfield crowd made such a big difference. The fact that they were up for the game, the fact that they were sort of so so positive from the first whistle, and even you know it could have been easy for you know sort of mood of unease to set in. There was that sort of Matip 
error wasn't there early on, which I thought he recovered from very well, by the way. He had a good game after that. But there were those moments when maybe the tide could have turned, but it was just a barrage of support. And and that that does transmit to the team. So I, I think there's an element of being a supporter. Obviously, you're allowed to be realistic. You're allowed to be upset when things are going badly. And there's no there's been no dressing up performances in the last few weeks. They've been awful. But equally, where's the fun of it if you can't hope? You know, if if we put in a performance like that in a derby and you think, well, we're just going to be rubbish again next week. Well, that's no fun for anyone, is it? So, you know, it, if I have my, my realistic hat on, then, yeah, of course, you, you've got to maybe be a little bit cautious with it. It, it could be that we, we go to Newcastle next and put in a, a horrible performance and, and then it's back to square one. But I like to believe that that, that won't be the case, that this can be the start of of a good run. And, you know, there's a lot still to play for. We're, we're only barely over the halfway mark, which seems bizarre, but obviously with the World Cup break, the, the schedule's a bit thrown off, so there's still so much to play for. You look at other teams above Liverpool, stumbling, and you think, well, yeah, why not? We've seen this Liverpool side, almost this exact Liverpool side, in fact, put together historic runs in the not-too-distant past, so yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to see it happening again, but if it does, then, then why not? Top four could be on. We're still in the Champions League. That's, that's massive. It's obviously a replay of last year's final, so yeah, lots to be Lots to be excited about, and I think that performance gives us all the right to be excited instead of instead of just nervous. Yeah, definitely, and I, and I think your answer there almost shows the the power that a victory like that can have in terms of in terms of changing the mood, really, because the contrast with, with what it was after sort of that Wolves game um, is clear. But you know, you, you kind of like look through the season, you see games like you know the the nine nil over Bournemouth, two one against Ajax. Um, the, the seven one over Rangers, you know, beating Man City, actually, you know, just just scrolling through the results and, you know, even the victory against Tottenham before the World Cup, things like that. And you just think each one of them, you've been like, okay, this is Liverpool starting to look more like uh, what we expect from them, and then they regress. So the key is now to to sustain it because if it is just a flash in the pan, then we we will go nowhere. And really, it comes down to away form, I think, because, you know, at Anfield, I think we've actually been broadly pretty decent this season, but we've got this horrendous away record. You know, you mentioned how we harnessed the crowd yesterday. You know, how how do we kind of transfer that to away from home where, you know, the crowd's going to be on top of us um, in the other way, really? So that, I think, is is broadly speaking the key for Liverpool if they are going to make a run and at least give themselves a chance of qualifying uh, for the Champions League. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we, we could have been talking about a game that went very differently. You know, Evan hit the post and I think there was sort of 18 seconds before he goes in at the other end. And you almost don't want to consider how it might have played out, you know, had had that goal gone in because we know the kind of tactics Evan would have used. We know how it might have affected, you know, the, the mood and confidence of the team. So football's a game of fine margins. They went Liverpool's way on this occasion. Um, so you got to be sort of cautious from that standpoint, but definitely a lot to take from it in terms of, <coughs> sorry, in terms of optimism. And I, I think the added thing here is, like we kind of mentioned throughout the podcast, you know, we have got players coming back now. And if that kind of continues in the right direction in terms of the numbers, you know, coming back towards a full complement, then it could make a material difference. You, know, you talk about putting a run together. I think that is a, a crucial ingredient of that. And yeah, I mean, I'm feeling yesterday. I wasn't at the game, but based on what Klopp was saying, based on what you could almost hear through the television, it sounded like it, it really got behind the players. And I think if the, if we can kind of harness kind of an, an underdog mentality, like a defiant mentality, then um, it could be something that really does transmit to the players. But yeah, that will about wrap us up for this episode. Um, thanks very much to James 
uh, for coming on. I'll put the link to um, your Twitter in the episode description, and you can read James's writing on Liverpool.com. Um, so yeah, satisfying to see that Everton can't beat Liverpool even in potentially Liverpool's worst ever Premier League season. So hopefully you've enjoyed a more positive episode of Red Zone Restricted. If you're listening on Spotify or an audio platform, remember to uh, follow the podcast so it comes up in your feed and please give it a positive rating or review. And we're also uploading podcasts to YouTube as well so you can watch them in video form, like, comment, subscribe, all those things if you are enjoying it. And yeah, we will see you uh, next time to reflect on the game against Newcastle. But until then, take care.